Both of them. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show, hour number three. We are broadcasting live. We are here. Radio Row. Radio Row in L.A. at the convention center. However, Ben, do we have that sound from the waste management open? The sound is not good on that video. I'll try to find it. Uh, The waste management open, which is this weekend, is, um, you you know, it's always a, a, a big event out in Arizona. And they've got the celebrity portion teeing off today. And Aaron Rodgers went to the tee box. And the fans began chanting that they wanted him as a Denver Bronco. He just kind of gave a polite wave and then went and teed off. And still, by the way, sporting the really long hair, for those that wanted to know. So uh, Aaron Rodgers, the fans there letting it be known that they would like to see him become a Denver Bronco. I guess the Denver contingent was at the Waste Management Open. but I saw another tweet uh, that he responded with a, we'll see. Well, uh, did did Aaron say that? That's what there it, are. The, there are a couple of people there that apparently are e- either related to the Broncos in some way. Social media, okay, but, okay, yeah. I saw. You know, here is the thing: when 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 that happens, when he says "We'll see," that's the kind of stuff that you now, unless there is something there, which we know there could be, unless there is something there, if he knows and really wants to remain a Green Bay Packer, why say that? That's the kind of stuff about Aaron that I know he's trying to be polite, but that's the kind of stuff that feeds the beast. Because now everybody will take that comment and run with it saying, oh, there's something in the works. Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Denver Bronco. He, he, he wants out of Green Bay. He says, we'll see. Maybe they can work it out. To get any. And that's just like the house thing in Nashville. Now, he, he didn't come out and squash any of the rumors. Not that he has to run around and you know, kind of squash everything that's said about him because he doesn't have to. But stuff like that, when somebody's going to capture it, video-wise, audio-wise, why say anything? Just say, hey, thanks, you've got a great city. That's it. That's all you got to say. Don't say, we'll see. That feeds the beast. You talk about a guy that loves to have the ego stroked. Don't say anything. Because that's exactly the kind of problem that it creates where everybody starts to jump on that. And, and, you know, again, I, I still think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. I said it today. I was walking in this morning. Uh, there's a station from here in L.A. that came by, uh, and they didn't really want to do anything other than talk about Aaron Rodgers. I talked to them for about five, ten minutes, and they just said, hey, you know, well, what do you think? Where's Rodgers going to go? He's not going to be a Packer. I said, I think 75% of me says he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. You know, there's a lot of areas he could go should they not work. Get work. The, the bottom line is this, and I've said it all along. It's money. That's it. There, there's there's never anything else. It's all about the money. If Rodgers wants all the money, he's not going to be a Packer. If he doesn't want all the money and wants to help out and work things out, work with the team, he he, he owns what he's been saying about his relationship with Gutekinds, his relationship with his head coach. When you look around, okay. You know, that's it. That's it. Then all you got to do is just just say okay, oh, whatever whatever we can work out, let's do it. But it's all about money. If he's making ten million dollars a year, this is a no brainer. Aaron Rodgers is back. It's not like the play has declined. You know, certainly you'd like to see better numbers and, and better record when it comes to uh, the postseason, or at least more Super Bowls when it comes to the postseason. But it's not about that. To whether or not to keep Aaron Rodgers is strictly about money. 
100% salary cap, period, end of story. Otherwise, you're not getting rid of this guy at all. Even if he's making $20 million, you're not getting rid of him. So that's why this thing becomes so maddening, because it really is just about working out a deal. Nothing more. And for him to say, well, we'll see. No, we'll, we won't see. You either know. Are you going to go in and give some concessions? Are you going to rework your deal? Or do you want all the money and want Devontae and want Jair and want David Bakhtiari and want Aaron Jones and want Devondre Campbell and want Kenny Clark? Do you want all these guys? If you want them, they cost money. You, you, you claim to be the smartest guy in the room, yet you're the biggest idiot out there because you feed the beast and all this kind of stuff. And then you turn around and say, oh, I want to make sure I can I can win and I want legacy. In my ass. Do you want the money or not? If you don't want the money, you're going to win. We can put the pieces around you. Let's go. That's what it comes down to. It's period. End of story. So we'll see what actually happens. But that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts because he doesn't have to do it. But yet he loves it. Absolutely loves it. Oh, God. Fawn all over me. I, you know, I've told Favre this before, too. I said the whole wavering back and forth. The first time he did it, he really genuinely thought, you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't come back. I'm going to start contemplating some things. Okay. I get it. But then when he did come back and he found that there was this just ginormous amount of adulation, an unbelievable amount of adulation, and, oh, my God, thank God our Savior is coming back. And then he kind of got a taste of it. So every year we had to go through the whole wavering back and forth, and that's ultimately what was the downfall. That, that was, that's it. He, he loved it and to the point where the Packers finally found somebody who was as good as, if not better than him, and they said, you coming back? He had the chance. He could have said, you know what, I'm coming back. No worries. Yeah, you know, hey, if you want to make a deal for Aaron, make a deal for Aaron. If you want to have Aaron sit for another year, let him sit for another year, whatever. He could have said that. But he didn't. He wanted a waiver. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Okay, maybe I'll come back for Fan Fest and let everybody cheer for me again. And they said, nah, we'll send you your locker. Talk to you later. Where's your dirty jock? We'll throw the jock in the locker, too. We don't need to keep that. Go ahead. Here you go. Talk to you later. And that's what happened. It's that simple. It's that simple. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um... This one, Cheddarball says, we can hear you during the commercial break. That's fine. I'm not swearing. I'm not swearing. And even if I am, who cares? It's over the Internet. You're allowed. Have you listened to the podcast yet? By the way, the second edition of the Live in L.A. podcast will uh, be put together tonight. We uh, Tonight, not a big night tonight. Uh, the, we've had a couple of nights that have been later. So tonight, it's going to be uh, uh, one of our listeners over on the uh, Bud Light live stream asked if we were doing any sightseeing. Uh, the sightseeing is going to take place. I don't know if anybody, and, and I'm not a huge Adele fan, don't get me wrong, but I watched part of that special where she sang at that observatory on top of the mountain that overlooks L.A. So we're going up there after the show today and then heading down into Hollywood. And you got to do the Walk of Fame thing, right? you got to do the Hollywood stars and the Chinese theater and all that kind of stuff. you know, you got to go there. So uh, I think that's going to be on the docket today. And then that's it for sightseeing. sightseeing. I think after that we've got uh, tomorrow night. We're going to Mike Ditka's party with the Cigars with the Stars and then over to Universal Studios on Friday night. They're taking us over there uh, to be a part of a media contingent that uh, they're throwing. A, the NFL is throwing a private party or something. I don't know what it is, but we're going over there for that. And then coming home, coming home. That's it. That's it. Uh, Phil says, uh, how, where do you find the podcast? Uh, go to Spotify. Go to uh, Google Podcasts. You can go to Apple 
Uh, just Google Bill Michael Show, and you can you can find all the lists of all the different podcasts. Uh, the Live from L.A. podcast, which was myself, this, this it was really cool. And we'll do it again tonight, like I said. But it was really cool. I, I didn't know how we should we should do this. Whether we should do something after the show, uh, that's kind of behind the scenes or what. So what we do is we take the equipment, we put it in the room in the in the house that we're staying. We throw some beers on the table. We start drinking. We start BSing a little bit. And then we put the headsets on and hit play or record. And that's it. That's what it is. It's just it's reminiscing about the crap that we've been through, the crap that we've seen, the good stuff, the bad stuff. Mike Clemens looking homeless. It was. It's all fantastic. Yeah, he was uh, down at Santa Monica Pier with all of his luggage because that's where he Ubered to after he got off the plane. And uh, just walking around Santa Monica Pier, he had to go underneath a restaurant, underneath a tent, uh, almost like a homeless person, to find a, an electrical outlet because his phone was dying. All that kind of stuff. Fantastic. So you get to hear everything that uh, we got going on behind the scenes. So that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to do so. So coming up next, LeGarrette Blunt is going to be joining us. He's going to come on after... Uh, after the break, and we're going to talk with him about his career. Then Aaron Taylor at the bottom of the hour. We'll speak with him. Kyle Turley coming up in about 35 minutes from now, the former uh, New Orleans Saint. Uh, Ed McCaffrey, the former Denver Bronco, coming up about a little more than an hour, or a little less than an hour from now. Uh, we're going to get Scott Farrell from Farrell on a Bench. He's going to be joining us as well. And then after that, we're going to talk, uh, hopefully at some point, with James Jones, former uh, Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll be back. It's coming up right after this on the Bill Michael Show live in L.A. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Thanks so much. Bill Michael Show continues on. Having a fun time out here on Radio Row in, uh, in L.A. at the convention center. And uh, joining us here at the table, that's uh, that's one of the bigger rings I've, I've seen. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, the former running back for the Patriots, he won a championship. Ben Kenny's been giddy all day back in the studio because he's from Philly. So he's all happy that uh, an eagle that won a championship is sitting down with us as well. How you been, man? I've been good, man. I can't complain. Yeah? I can't complain, man. I've been living life, man. Yeah? Yeah, enjoying, enjoying retirement. Really? Yes, so, sir. What's it like when you walk away from the game, you're still young, you still feel like you can play, but it, that that's not that's all you've known your whole life, and yeah. then that's not there. Um, I mean, I was content with walking away because I've, I, you know, I played for almost 10 years. I won three Super Bowls. Um, I was really, really successful in the league, so um, I was pretty content with walking away. I did it on my own will. I just got to the point to where I just wanted to spend more time at home with the kids, you know, and just yeah. enjoy watching them grow up and play sports as well. When you came into the league, obviously a little bit controversial, but you come into the league and you, you had a chance to go with one team, you signed with Jeff Fisher, you move on, and... And then you just kind of started rolling after that. And just so talk about the more because coming out of college, 
you're treated as a man. It's tough. You've got certain things that you still deal with as a youngster. And then you got to morph into a pro, not only a pro, but right. somebody who can handle money, handle your agents, handle the people around you, and all the people that you shouldn't be hanging out with. Right. you got to handle that. How tough is that in that transition? Um, it's really it's really tough in the beginning um, because you do have a lot of people that, you know, that you obviously want to support or a lot of people that you want to make sure that are good or show love to. Um, but like you said, you know, for yourself, you know, Everyone isn't in the financial position that you are in, right. you know what I mean. So, so it it gets very difficult and very hard to start telling people that you've always loved. No, yeah. you know, um, and that was and that was one of the toughest parts for me. Um, as far as becoming like a, a professional when it comes to football, man, I've played it all my life. Right. It wasn't nothing, nothing, you know, nothing changed for me in that aspect. Um, it was just being more responsible when it comes to getting sleep, uh, being more responsible when it comes to studying. Uh, just being more responsible when it comes to things like that. Um, that was the that was the hardest transition for me um, because you know I am I, I was a night owl. You know I was one of those guys that just couldn't turn the brain off at night and just stayed awake. You know um, even if I turn the TV and all the lights off, I'm just sit there and just lay and look at darkness for hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I had to find a way to to make sure that I could I could get some sleep and you know things like that. Um, you know and a lot of people that a lot of people that you know came along with me weren't with me in a professional way um for a long time because you know it was you know cousins and friends and stuff that i grew up with you know that obviously want to be a part of it you know and um so it was tough it was tough having to you know put boundaries on that you know when it came to you know playing football and you know being like obviously a family person as well you know it was tough to put boundaries in that because everybody don't accept those boundaries well you know what I'm saying? Right. A lot of people just aren't as understanding, and um, and that was the really that was really the toughest part for me. It wasn't the money part or any of that because I had people that handled that stuff, but it was just creating those boundaries between me and like family and people that I felt like were family. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, everyone has a story to where that don't always go perfectly well. You lose some, you you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was the toughest part of the, of the transition for me. It wasn't, you know, going from college to, you know, the league, you know, and dealing with what I did in college. You know, um, at at a, at one point, you know, everybody starts forgetting about that. You know, you rush for a thousand yards as an undrafted free agent rookie. You know, the statements start start like disappearing a little bit more, and they start understanding, you know, a lot more of what kind of person and who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was big for me. That was what I wanted to do is just erase that negative memory from everyone's mind. You're standing in the huddle. Tom Brady's across from you. You're playing in a Super Bowl, and you feel like you're going to get a ring. You know, give me that feeling because a lot of these guys are going to be in that huddle this weekend. And they're going to get that feeling that you got for the very first time. You're going to be, damn, I was an undrafted free agent. I'm about to get a ring. Yeah. Um, it was a surreal feeling, you know. Um, how many guys, you know, how many guys can say that they entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent, rushed for 1,000 yards as a rookie, got traded to one of the most prestige, you know, organizations, uh, most successful organizations in NFL history, Become a starter, you know, rush for, you know, however many yards you rush for while splitting time with someone and then backdoor that with, you know, a lot of other yards and then, you know, winning a Super Bowl. And, you know, for me, it's 
I mean, it's the script from a movie, you know, when, yeah. when it, you know, my life is, you know, going from where I went from in high school to a junior college to a college then had another, you know, incident in college and just overcoming all of that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, to me, it's like a, a, a scene out of, out of a movie. So it was unreal just being able to just like be there and be in the moment and actually just be present in the moment with with my teammates and obviously with Brady in that huddle, knowing that it was a high chance that we were going to leave their successful mm-hmm. with a ring. I remember Corey Dillon wanting out of Cincinnati so bad, and Belichick said, give him to me. I'll make him a champion. What did Bill Belichick see? In, and he did. What did Bill Belichick see in you? Um, he just seen, a, I, I want to say he just seen a kid that grinded hard, worked hard, a really good football player, um, rough around the edges that he felt like he could smooth out. Did um, he? He did. He did. You know, um, like I said, I was young, um, and I just wasn't I just wasn't the smartest when it came to, like, you know, sleeping and, you know, getting my rest and stuff. I mean, obviously, it was my first time in the league. I'm wanting to go to party and stuff right. like that. And, um, you know, when I got there, man, the partying kind of stopped, you know, um, a lot more um, informative when it comes to, you know, the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning a lot of things and, and I work hard, so that wasn't a problem for me. And um, a lot of guys have a problem with being New England, man. I'm telling you, that was probably the funnest times of my career. Because like I said, I don't mind working hard. If that's the hardest thing that I have to do is just grind while I'm there, that was easy for me. Yeah. You know, Bill and all them talking, you know, saying whatever they say to me at practice and talking trash or, you know, whatever. That was natural for me. I mean, I grew sure. up in Florida, so my coaches, I never had the nice coach. I never had, like, the player's coach. My coach was always, yeah, I ain't going to say all that, but right, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, he was, he was busting never, your ass right, is what he was doing, right? right? It, it was never like, hey, man, LeGarrette, man, good job, but, you know, you got to make sure yada, 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 yada. Like, when I grew up, like, it was, hey, man, that's a nice touchdown, but what the you got to do this right here, this right yeah. here. It would have been, you know, so I've always had that kind of coach. It wasn't about right. it. It didn't bother me. You know, it didn't matter to me. So that was that was right in my alley. That was my favorite place to be. Give me, uh, now that Brady is retiring, give me your what you take away from Tom Brady and either what you learned or your best experience with him. I'm gonna say, either or. I'm going uh, to say one thing that I've learned is just, you know, Never give up, man. Because there's there's nothing that you there's <laughs> nothing that you possibly that's that's I mean I know that's probably generic. But there's just nothing that you possibly can't do that you put your mind to. Because he was kind of in a similar situation. He obviously got drafted in the sixth round. Right. You know I didn't get drafted, but he obviously got drafted in the sixth round. He's put in a shitty situation. You know to where obviously most sixth round quarterbacks aren't going to be around for a long time, and if yeah. they are, they're going to be a backup. Right. You know, it's, there's some guys that's been in the league for t- 10, 12, 13, 14 years and only started two or three years out of their whole career, you know, they for, mm-hmm. you know, lifetime backups. Um, and some of these guys are weren't even six-round picks. These guys were drafted in the second, third round type guys. Right. Um, and, man, he grinded, man. He worked his ass off to get where he is, yeah. you know. Um, I know a lot of people think that he, he's, 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 he feels entitled and stuff like that, but I'm like, man – I could relate to what he, how hard he's worked because he got it out the mud. He wasn't always Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. wasn't. He was a six round draft pick that yeah. everybody counted out. You know, and until his time came, and took advantage how, of his chance. Right, and that's how I was. I was when I when I was an undrafted free agent. I took I took advantage of my opportunities in Tennessee, which landed me in Tampa. 
behind one run, a running back that I felt like at the time, uh, when I was coming out of high school, he was my favorite running back. It was Cadillac Williams. He, yep. was, at, he was at the University of Auburn. He was my favorite running he back. He busted up his knee, right? He busted yeah. up his knee. Um, I, I, <laughs> when I went on my official visit to Auburn, him and Ronnie Brown are the two guys that I met and talked to, and and my guys, I love them to death. So we're having the opportunity to play with him um, there and knowing, okay, he's the first round draft pick. I know he's going to be the starter. I know who's going to get the ball the most. Yada yada yada, and just continue to grind and grind and grind. Keep my head down and just grinding until I got the opportunity to play. And then obviously, you know, my skill set, you know, he's obviously a little bit older, so my skill set was still a little bit more fresh than his, and I eventually got to start. Um, but, I mean, just having the opportunity that those guys presented me and, and going as, like I said, an undrafted free agent, yeah. not having the opportunity that everybody else has, I mean, man, just, I mean, that's, you can't you can't make that up because that's, like I said, that's per, that's verbatim what Tom Brady did. Right. You know what I'm saying? Talking with, a guy, talking with a guy that's won three Super Bowls, two different teams. Like Garrett Blunt is joining us here at the table on Radio Row. Uh, I wanted to ask you because um, you know, I want to get to the, 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 the aft life after football real quick, but I, I got to ask you the difference because you got Bill Belichick on one hand and then Doug Peterson, who kind of threw the rule book out the window, going for it on fourth down in his own territory yeah. and just said, to hell with it. We're going to go and try to win ballgames. What was that like playing for the Eagles at that point in time? And you got a quarterback that's supposed to be the guy and instead Nick Foles comes in and guides mm-hmm. you guys to a Super Bowl um you know what that was that was a fun season because he's doing all the things that you imagine he's doing all the things that you thought about doing as a kid you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah you know you're playing video games and it's it's fourth and you know three and you're on your own 20 yard line you know what I'm saying yeah. on a video game you're gonna be like bro it's only three yards I'm I'm going to get three yards. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how he thinks about yeah. it. It's like our offense is probably one of the best offenses. So you were down. his running back in Madden. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it was like playing Madden. That was, right. you know, and and I had I had my funnest times in New England because of winning. Right. I had my funnest time in Philly because obviously winning, but it was a little bit more, it was a little bit less military like right you know what i'm saying so yep. you you can let your hair down you could you could you could probably take a picture you know in a locker room with your guys or you know you could probably after a game you could probably get on instagram live or you know what i'm saying right. just celebrate with your guys or whatever um and 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 man in, in new england that's that's a new no. no sir no 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 rules to go by yeah hey uh life after football uh as many do comes with pain comes with issues yes, uh, did you go through all that i did yeah i did i did i went through the pain i, I you know I, I still deal with it you know a little bit to this day um so excuse me but uh, i still deal with it a little bit to this day um you know but I, I i formulated some products and i came up with some products that that'll help you know anyone that's dealing with pain whether you're a football basketball baseball mm-hmm. whether you're a stay-at-home mom a nurse a construction worker, firefighter, you know, everyday people. Um, I, I kind of, you know, I came up with some products that that deal with pain. Yeah. You know, and deal with, like I was telling you earlier, sleeping, sleeping, right. you know, problems, and deal with anxiety and stuff like that. Um, and and I came up with some products for that, for um, for all of those things. So if people want to find out more of the products, more of what you got going on. Where do they go? They go to lgsfeelgood.com. 
LGsfeelgood.com. LGsfeelgood.com is is all products are 100% THC free. All products are all natural, all organic. They you don't have to. I my my kids my kids who are 14 and 12, and I mean my obviously not my four year old because he just sleep whenever wherever. <laughs> but uh, my 14 and 12 year old. They they take they take the sleeping gummies, every, yeah. every day. Yeah. You know, and my my daughter, um, she she likes to say she, she's fourteen, so you know they mo- they going through the motions. She likes to say I have anxiety, da da da, yeah. and uh, she she uses <laughs> she uses my anxiety drops every day before she goes to school. She yeah. has a great she got all A's, so you know something's working. Uh, something is working, right? You know? So um, and yeah, and and obviously I use I, I use the sleep gummies religiously. Yeah. I use the I use the tinctures religiously for anxiety and yeah. stuff like that and any kind of pain i deal with man my pain patches and my rollerball right. and my salves are are my go-to yeah. like i don't have to do i don't have to go to pain pills anymore i don't have to go you know take this or that and that other any kind of opioids or anything i don't have to go get a shot, you know any of that stuff and um that's what i wanted to get rid of because the stuff just isn't good for your body right. and you don't know that until someone tells you, because in the sure. league, they don't tell you, hey, bro, this is going to affect your body in the long term, but still take these pills. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or yep. take this shot. You know what I'm saying? This is going to affect me, but it it does. You know, and guys don't think about it until after they're done, and I didn't think about it until my last two or three years in the league. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Hey, pleasure to meet you. Appreciate Say hello. It, Thanks so yes, much sir. for coming. That's some serious hardware right there. I appreciate that's, it, man. Yeah, that's a hubcap with diamonds on it is what yes, that sir. thing is. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Like Aaron Blunt joining us here at the table. Stay tuned when we come back. Going to talk with Aaron Taylor. It, Bill, man. Thanks yeah, absolutely. A lot. Talk to you soon. There you go. Aaron Taylor is going to join us coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Nope. Go ahead. Hey, man. Great stuff. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. We are broadcasting live. We're on Radio Row. We're at the LA Convention Center in Los Angeles getting you ready for Super Bowl 56. Got to say thanks to our friends over there at Quick Trip. Take home heat and eats. I'm telling you what, uh, good stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. And if you're going to stop by, they also have the uh, the pothole pizzas. They've got the man caves, the beer caves, uh, or the beer caves, I should say. Stop in and pick up our fine sponsor, which is Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Joining us now, and uh, many of you back in Wisconsin will know this man. Uh, obviously, Aaron Taylor uh, was around to win a Super Bowl, which you're wearing the ring. We were just talking about ring, ring sizes. First of all, it's great to see you. Uh, but ring sizes, like LeGarrette Blunt just left, and that, that thing's just stupid huge. It's as big as most people's hands. It's crazy. It reminds me of the arms race in college football with the facilities. It's right. just like bigger, better, more, and everybody tries to outdo the next. And that's exactly what happened to us when we lost Super Bowl Thirty Two to Denver. At the time, I think we had 117 diamonds on the the ring that we got for Super Bowl Thirty One. The wearing up, the one I'm wearing now, Denver added one the next year and i think the trend has continued just to one up everybody and we're now at the point where they're gonna have to have two hands and be able to spin the hubcap um i gotta ask you you obviously still pay attention to football and watch packer football and the packers had an opportunity it was laying right there in front of them Uh, how disappointing was it to see that they just couldn't convert and be here it's brutal it's brutal to be that close with that team with that chance to have it come down to 
botched special teams in a couple plays that nullifies all of the hard work, all of the preseason, all of the great stories and the resiliency of coming back, all of the turmoil with Aaron Rodgers and the things around vaccinations. They weathered all those storms and have a couple busts in the third phase. Special teams are 18% of the total plays on a football game. But unfortunately for the Packers, yeah. they were critical, and it cost them a chance that they may not ever get back to. Uh, I've talked with numerous guys coming off of that team that lost to Denver, and they all said we were the better team, yep. and we knew that. Yep. You, so you're, you, you kind of know what you're, what they're feeling right now in Green Bay because you know you were the better team. There's no question. And I think the thing that was so disappointing to us is that it was self-inflicting wounds when you go all the way back to 98 when we had lost to Denver. Because we knew we were the better team. If we had played them ten times, we probably would have beat a mate. But to their credit, on that day, they were better than us. They outcoached us for about three quarters, and they outplayed us on their offensive side with Terrell Davis just gashing us because we had some injuries up front, and they were able to take advantage of it. But you scored 28 points in a Super Bowl. You should win the football game. Unfortunately for us, we didn't. And I would have to imagine that's how this year's team is feeling as they sit and going to watch Cincinnati and the Rams go at it this Sunday. Who you got in this game? You know what's interesting, Bill? The, the On paper, the Rams should win. And right. it's really interesting because you look at this roster, it's riddled with stars. Right. It's very symbolic. They've pushed all the chips to the middle of the table for All this of thing. it. This is their push, their run, and they've got it on both sides of the football. It's L.A. at L.A.'s best and worst, if you will. Cincinnati's a bunch of scrubs. It's a bunch of blue-collar dudes. you got a quarterback that looks like a white huggy bear pimp. <laughs> Some of the stuff that he's wearing. I mean, you've got a, a ragtag defense that has a ton of experience, but like everybody's been thrown together, and they go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs at home yeah. and down three touchdowns when they couldn't do anything to get us. Right. There's something special about the Bengals this year, and I don't know what it is, but Joey Burrow has bought the chill back to Chili Town, yeah. and that whole team seems to have bought in. If their offensive line can hold up, which is going to be quite the challenge, I think he's good enough, and I think he plays calm enough that offensively they'll be in this game. Cincinnati defensively can do some things. If they can stop the run and get after the passer, which they're apt to do as well, I think it can be a ball game. On paper, what should happen is that the L.A. Rams defensive line wins that matchup. That's a strength on weakness matchup, but something in my gut tells me that there's something special, the it factor about this year's Bengals team, Mm -hmm. and I got them winning. Uh, Real quick before we talk about life after football, I want to go back. You talked about the, the, the feeling you have coming out of a game like the Packers just had. Now we wait and see what goes on with Aaron Rodgers and everything that matriculates after that. Give me your gut or your thought on Aaron staying or going. It all comes down to money and the ability to kind of manipulate that roster and manipulate that money. But give me your thought about him staying or going. I feel like we've seen this movie before with a guy wearing number four. Comes down to the end, little disgruntled. Things don't really kind of go the way that you want. You still got a little bit of gas in the tank, and, and maybe you move on and go finish your career somewhere else. There's a lot of teams that are a quarterback away from making a push, the San Francisco 49ers being among them. That's why a lot of people are speculating whether or not Tom Brady could fill that and just ah, make one more run at right. it. Aaron Rodgers is still one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. That's a tremendous value. And if he doesn't feel appreciated, which has been the through thread, ironically, because that's what drove Brett Favre out, that if that's the case, 
everything that's gone on, my guess is, Bill, he'll be playing somewhere else next fall. I got to ask you what you've been doing uh, after football. Obviously, you've we were talking here before we went on the air. You've seen some guys that have come by the wayside, and they shouldn't have. They went away far too early, and so you decided to do something about it. Yeah, man, I've lost eight guys that completed suicide from my football circles, and it's I'm tired of it. So yeah. I recently partnered with an organization called Same Here Global, which is an alliance of everyday folks, but also athletes and musicians and entertainers that have come together to shift the conversation away from, oh, A.B. is crazy. You look what he's doing out there mm-hmm. to really getting into the causes and the conditions of what this mental health crisis is that we're going through. We're at the single greatest time of uncertainty that we've seen in our generation worldwide for the last two years. Everybody has been affected by mental health. I've sat there with my kids as they've cried themselves asleep because they couldn't go to practice and they missed their friends. Buddies that have lost businesses, games that have been canceled from coaches and players. Everybody's been affected, but we don't always know what to do about that or where to go. So global problems require global solutions, and that's what Same Here Global is designed to do. you got some things that you can go and immediately implement to improve your own mental health state or to learn some things to share with a loved one. We've got to take this from being a taboo conversation and talk about it like it's a bad back or a sore ankle and just address what's going on because it's not binary. You don't have mental health issues or not. It's on a continuum. So I like to frame it as with football, we talk about toughness and Howard Mudd, the great offensive line coach that we lost said it best. He said, toughness is about how much pain you can give out, how much you can dish out. Can you control the line of scrimmage? But there's a flip side of that coin called resilience. Mm -hmm. Resilience is how much you can endure, what you can withstand. What I'm challenging all of us to do, I want all of our listeners to go to sameheareglobal.org or follow us at Instagram and Twitter at at samehere underscore global is to go be a part of the solution so that we all can develop the resiliency that we need to enjoy better outcomes in the lives for ourselves and for our loved ones. That's fantastic. That's great work. And uh, and, and again, this is not just for athletes or people that have played in the NFL. This is for everybody that's this sitting is, at home right now listening no to this doubt. that may be in a dark place or maybe know somebody in a dark place. No doubt. And we've got CEOs and doctors and mental health professionals that are all lending their voice. And same here is, is basically we saw the effect that Me Too had with highlighting sexual abuse like one in four girls before they're 18 will be sexually abused one in five boys the data says we didn't really know that and we certainly haven't talked about it so same here whether it's sexual abuse or divorce or abandonment or being adopted or losing a job or whatever it is life man yeah things go on so let's develop some resiliency and some tools to deal with it and stop acting like it's so taboo awesome stuff uh, great to talk to you great to see you again too by the way we always look at each other and we always go uh, yeah okay <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's right. That's right. We're getting older. Our yeah, brains aren't working as well, and yeah. our eyes are going bad. We're getting old. We see each other late at night. There's a couple of cocktails. You're like, I don't know who the hell he was. I think he paid the bill. I don't know. Yeah, they heard that. They yeah. Heard that. It's good to see you again, man. I appreciate you stopping by, and hopefully you have a lot of success with that. And if you change one person's life, then, it, then it's worth it. Hey, Amen. You know, absolutely. It's changed mine, so that keeps me going, man. I want to share the word and be part of the solution. Appreciate you, Bill. Go absolutely, back. buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Aaron Taylor, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Kyle Turley is going to join us coming up next. We're going to continue rolling on here at the L.A. Convention Center. It is uh, the uh, lead-up to Super Bowl 56. Stay tuned. we got more right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Bengals and the Rams spoke to the media here at the Super Bowl. The Bengals arrived in town yesterday. Quarterback Joe Burrow says his team understands the opportunity that lies ahead. You know, the historical significance of, of what we're doing, we're just out there playing football and you know, getting better while we're doing it. Burrow is only 25, but Bengals head coach Zach Taylor says his leadership makes the team that much better. It allows everybody just to play that that. better because they know on the other side that Trigger Man's capable of of doing some really special things. The Rams have a long list of players on the injury list, but head coach Sean McVay says they'll be ready Sunday. I think our team has done a great job of being able to balance having the urgency, but but being able to enjoy, you know, coming to work every single day with an intentional focus and concentration about getting better and trying to go win a football game. And the Bill Michaels Show is broadcasting live all week from the NFL media headquarters here at the Super Bowl. Former Packers A.J. Hawk says he's been in contact with Aaron Rodgers, who's here in L.A., deciding on what's next in his career. Now, I don't know what his time frame is like. Right, I know right. I know anything he's doing, It's he wants to help make sure the Packers know what he's going to do. He wants like guys like Devontae and other people. Like He wants to make sure he doesn't mess up anything that they're trying to do with extensions or deals or whatever's going right. on. So I don't know when that time may be, but I would imagine it's not going to be too long. That's A.J. Hawk in Los Angeles. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Hey, don't forget about our friends over at New Mail Medical. New Mel Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, they are the originals, by the way. They're the ones that started all of this. And others have come along. There's pills you can get through the mail, all that kind of stuff. Nah, baby, nah. Go see the medical experts, the medical experts over at New Mail Medical. Tell them we sent you. They are number one, and they've got a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED. How about this? Say uh, maybe you don't have the ED issue, but you're putting on weight you're sluggish you're moody you're just dragging ass and you just want to feel better they can help you out if you're over the age of 30 could be just low t they can help you out with that or maybe you've put on the weight and you want to lose the weight and we all know i mean out here in california it's t-shirt season already but back home in wisconsin and the surrounding areas it's not going to be t-shirt season for a while so at least get a jump start getting fit feeling good looking good the all-in-one weight loss program, it can become a brand new you, as they like to say. Go to New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. So, uh, Ben, I don't know if you heard the conversation. I don't know if it was on the air or off the air. Did you hear the conversation with LeGarrette Blunt when it came to uh, the size of rings? No, I heard you on the air, though. See, the uh, the size of the ring, I was asking him, because uh, he has three of them. He's got two with the Patriots, and the one with the Patriots is the fourth title the Patriots have won, that ring, which is just huge. Um, but he, I had asked him, I said, so then after that, you win one in Philadelphia. And he says very quietly, like he's looking around like he's robbing a bank, he's like, yeah, that's the smallest one. They didn't want to spend any money. What the hell, man? Come on. It's Philadelphia. Hey, Don't they have some money there? It's not all about size, Bill. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. There you go. Yeah, he was uh, he was talking about uh, you know playing in Philly. He said, yeah, it's the smallest one. He said, I'd love to wear it. It's just the smallest one of the bunch. When you talk about that in comparison to the uh, to the giant hubcap with diamonds that he had on his finger uh, from the Patriots in their their fourth championship. So just interesting stuff. But uh, good to talk to Aaron. And Aaron Taylor comes by. And he's got his Super Bowl ring from 1996-97 season with the Packers. 
and it looks like a high school class ring compare in comparison to the to the size that Legarrette Blunt is wearing. It's just it's it's night and day. And and then they were talking about uh, when the uh, when the Golden State Warriors when they won their championship, they made the ring to where you can flip it. You can flip the ring and turn it into a different ring. It's got two rings in one. Then you look at what the the Bucks ring and what they won and how big that is. And uh, th- that display, and it came with a box that, when you open it up, spins. So it's like a car at a car show on display. So that's huge. So it's all about Super Bowl rings around here, man. Speaking all about of Super Bowl size, Bill, yeah. I've been trying to track down the video of Rogers at the open. I think we have to yes. go look at his feet size and try to analyze really? if it's and actually, see if it's actually him. him. Yeah. Okay. Or at least Just monitor sure. Shailene Woodley's Instagram. Okay. Well, she would know. She would know. Uh, by the way, there is a representatives of the Washington football team, the new commanders walking around, in, and they're doing it in the commander's gear, trying to promote everyone to now either purchase, show on uh, Instagram, on, on Twitter, and any video they can possibly get, the commander's logo as they walk around. It's, it's really interesting because with everything that went on last week on Capitol Hill, um, that they're here. And they're, it, look, it's just it, it's people that are being paid to promote the team. It's, they didn't do anything wrong. But it's interesting to see the kind of what they're met with, so to speak. Some of the some of the, uh, the dissension, if you will, that they're met with because of things that have gone on inside that organization. So it's I feel bad for them because they're just trying to do their job. And they're really nice people. But, yeah, nobody... <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to them. And when they ask them, say, hey, can you talk at all about, you know, what was said on Capitol Hill? They're like, oh, we, we don't even know. We're, we're just we're just here. We're being promoted. And, you know, you feel bad for them walking around on Radio Road just trying to do their job. And yet, oh, no, no, it's not happening. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, you can. You can. There, that's no problem. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Um, by the way. Uh, going back to the Daniel Snyder issue, um, the uh, NFL says that the league, not Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders, will now conduct an independent investigation into the allegations against Snyder. So, th- in other words, Tom Palacero putting this out, because uh, last week the league stated that they're going to review and consider Miss Johnston's allegations, as we would with any other regarding workplace conduct at the Washington Commanders, and it goes on and on. But basically, here's what this all means. Let's boil it down, as we say, and cut through the crap. The bottom line is this. They did an investigation. They didn't want it written down. They wanted an oral judgment and report on what exactly happened because they knew it was bad, right? They knew it was bad. So what they did was say, don't write it down. We don't want anything in writing that's going to come back to haunt us that somebody can grab a a screenshot of or a picture of and they can post it out there. Don't do that. Just tell us. And that way nobody's got anything written down, which really wasn't that good because the only thing that came out of that investigation was the John Gruden emails. He got, he got, he, his ship sank in that particular report. Everybody else Ah, there's, you know, we're going to clean it up. There's not a lot to see here. We're going to clean it up. We'll, we'll do better. We'll do better. No problem. And we all knew that was crap. And then the government got involved and said, no, no, we're going to bring every. Now, we know it's grandstanding, and we know elections are coming up, and people, I mean, there are people that want to do good. Don't get me wrong. They want to do good. But there's a lot of reasons why you want to do good. So they bring these women onto Capitol Hill, 
it rightfully so. And they tell their story. And they corroborate each other's story. And they just ripped, not the, I'm not talking like a Band-Aid off of the sore. They ripped the entire bandage off of an open wound that had been surgically closed and didn't just rip that open again for all to see. And that's when the NFL said, holy crap, we never, ever expected this. We didn't expect that this would happen. and But it did. So now the NFL, with complete egg on their face, has to do something and look like they're doing something. And we shall see if anything actually comes of this. I got to guess that if the NFL whitewashes this again, there will be a dissension on them of governmental agencies and, and, and those that want to take away everything from the ability for the Washington Commanders to even operate as a football team to, uh, you know, antitrust regulations in regards to the NFL. I got to imagine that everything's going to fall on the NFL. So expect something to come of this regarding the NFL. Expect something because Daniel Snyder will not walk away clean this time. He can't. They got called on the carpet. This this is very, this equates very much to when Bud Selig and Donald Fear went before, you know, the Congressional Committee. And basically the Congressional Committee looked at Donald Fear and said, shame on you. Shame on you for protecting cheaters. Shame on you for protecting drug users. Shame on you for not agreeing to drug testing. If it's illegal, then why not allow it? We're not looking for anything else, so shame on you. And they were publicly outed. The same thing happened to the NFL in this particular case. Now, it was directed at the, uh, at the Washington Commanders, but make no mistake about it, this was an indictment of the NFL process and their own investigatory system, and that, that, that's been put on display, and they've been publicly shamed. So they have, to, they have to do something. They're given one more opportunity to get it right. We'll see if they actually do. So we got a lot more coming up. I don't know what happened to Kyle Turley. Sometimes we get him, sometimes we don't. I don't know. That's okay. Ed McCaffrey is going to be joining us. we got Scotty Burrell for Real on a Bench is going to be joining us later on in the hour. That I know is going to happen. Scotty's our guy, man. Scotty will be buying a little bit. We'll see if anybody else happens to swing past the table. I think we're going to talk with our guys from StubHub as well because we want to get an update as to exactly how much tickets are going for out here. Because it, it's, I'll give you a story from last night that will just blow your mind monetarily. I, seriously. Stay tuned for that when it comes to the ticket prices out here. We'll be back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.